Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. So I get home a few minutes ago and I pull in next to our RV and I get out of my truck and I notice that there are a couple of hornets getting into the uh, under uh, storage area. Mm. And so I called you over. I said, I think we might have a hornet problem. And you were insistent on opening up the storage unit to see if there were hornets in there. Yeah, I had to see what was going on. But I didn't have any hornet spray or anything, so I thought maybe it'd be best to wait. I thought it would be better to open it up and see what was going on. So what happened? I opened it up to see what was going on. And what happened? Well... Um, well, okay, so I, first I very carefully unlatched the door. Right. Um, and one of the hornets came out. That's and, when I left. Yeah. And, and, I, and went in the house. That's right. Uh, and he looked at me. Yeah. And I could tell what was going on. It was one of those, like, bitch, the fuck? By this time, I'm in the living room and I'm sitting down and uh, my phone rings mm-hmm. and it's cat. Yep. And she is trapped in my truck. A little bit. What happened? I mean, I wasn't trapped. Oh, oh, come on. I wasn't trapped. I was in your truck um, because... And you couldn't get out. I mean, I could have. I did. Eventually. I What I had, ha- what had happened was I uh, attached a bungee cord to the door handle mm-hmm. um, and then I tied some string to the bungee cord and then got inside your truck and opened the door from inside the truck. <laughs> Where did you come up with this concept? Rube Goldberg pest removal? <laughs> I wanted to see what was going on in there. <laughs> and and um, so what did you determine? Uh, that I needed to call you so that you could tell me what was going on because the way that the door opened blocked my yeah. view. Yeah. Uh, so you had to peek out and and confirm that yes there was a hornet's nest in yes, there yeah, I could and see to it. leave out the passenger door right so i did i crawled over the console and left out the passenger passenger door and then ran to the house uh, at which point a grasshopper flew up at my face and i screamed because i thought it was a giant hornet and i got goosebumps all over me i wish you freaks could have been here to see it i i really do it's fine i mean i figured out what was going on in there didn't i 
while all of that was going on, I was putting the finishing touches on my story. Oh, do you go first? Uh-huh, I do. Excitement. Adolf Lutgert. He was a tanner and a butcher who moved to the United States from Germany in, in uh, 1866. From 1867 till 1868, Lutgert worked at a couple of different tanneries, one called Ingle Crossley and Company, and then uh, one called Craig Clark and Company. During this time, he managed to save about $4,000 to start his own business. An entrepreneurial, enterprising young man. Initially, he started dealing liquor, but then started his own sausage company. Liquor and sausage. <laughs> In, in 1879, shortly after his first wife died, Lutgert married Louise Bicknies in uh, 1878. She was a woman about 10 years younger than he was. He was Gross. On his wedding day, he gave Louise a gold ring, a beautiful gold ring, Aww. and it was inscribed with her new initials, L.L., Life was good for the family. They lived happily for the next 20 years. People often noted, um, neighbors, how Adolf doted on Louise, how she would always meet him at the door every day with a hug when he came home from work. They were involved in their community. Whenever there was a need to be met, the Lutgert family was always ready to pitch in and help. By 1897, his company had grown significantly. He opened the A.L. Sausage and Packing Company at a five-story plant in Chicago. Wow. And next door to the Sausage Works, which I enjoy saying, Sausage Works, Lutgert built a beautiful three-story family home for Louise and their two sons, Elmer and Louis. And then things started to go wrong. Mm. And not just a little wrong, a lot wrong, and in a hurry. They say bad things happen in clusters. Well, this was a real cluster. The family started having financial difficulties. Sausage business wasn't going great? No. In 1896, there was a financial panic. It's commonly just called the Panic of 1896. And according to Wikipedia, it was an economic depression in the United States. It was uh, What happened was there was a drop in silver reserves, and it caused market concerns on the effect that that would have on the gold standard. And it was kind of a chain reaction of things. And Lugart's bank, the First National Bank of Illinois in Chicago, failed. And he lost most of his money. Mm. And then, just a few short months after that, on May 1st, 1897, Louise, Adolph's beloved wife, went missing. Oh, no. Adolf told her, their children that he thought that uh, perhaps their mother had gone to visit her sister in the previous the previous night. Why is that always a thing? She went to visit her sister. Yeah. Like every time a woman goes missing, somehow she went to, she was an only child, but she, yeah, I think she went to visit her sister. Every episode of Forensic Files every goes episode. this way. <laughs> so he said he thought she went to visit her sister the mm -hmm. previous night and just didn't come back yet. After a few days, Louisa's brother, Dietrich, went to the police and filed a report, a missing persons report. Well, it's good that someone did. Lutgert told the police that uh, she, he thought she ran away with another man. Wait, so did she go to visit her sister or did she run away with another man? Well, the change in his story raised some questions. With, well, no shit, Lutgert. With, with law enforcement. The only thing everyone was sure of was the last time anyone saw her, she was entering the sausage factory alone. No. 
He did not make sausage of his wife. The police confirmed that on the night of May 1st, 1897, that was the night that she disappeared. Ooh, thunder. Girl? That was dramatic. Police say on the night she disappeared. She was seen entering the sausage factory with her husband. It was about 1030 at night. The factory watchman on duty at the time confirmed that this was, in fact, what occurred. He also said, and this I thought was interesting, that Ludgert gave him an errand to run at 1030 at night and told him he could go ahead and take the rest of the night off. Oh, no. The police also, during their investigation, came across bills that documented that Ludgert had bought arsenic and potash the very day before she disappeared. I'm sorry, is it called potash? Because every time I see it, I want to say potash. Is that not right? Aw, oh, man. Is this another Munchnich? <laughs> you mean Munich? Um, oh, man, they're going to make a biopic of me someday. <laughs> and it's just going to be about how I fuck shit up. So police uh, continued their investigation, and they learned that the couple didn't really have the idyllic life that many thought that they did. Uh, in fact, they had a history of domestic violence. Oh, no. And they fought violently and constantly, according to one source, because Lutgart was having financial difficulties during that financial panic. He had started wooing a rich widow, and speculation was that he planned to marry her once he got rid of his wife. Now, this was the proposed motive for her disappearance. The problem is they had no body. Right. So police continued to question relatives and friends, mm. and they searched all over the city for Louise Lutgart. Oh. Mm. Did they check mm. in the goulash? <laughs> You're getting ahead of yourself here. Oh, no. Police continued to question relatives and friends and searched the city for Louise or her remains, but they found nothing. Becoming increasingly suspicious of the sausage maker, uh, they decided the next step was to search his factory. Well, if that was the last place she was seen, don't you think that would have been one of the first steps? Well, they searched the entire factory, starting at the top floor, and they searched the factory floor by floor, and they found nothing out of the ordinary. And they were about to conclude the search on May 15th, when a watchman suggested they look in the cellar. In the cellar of the factory was this hulking piece of Victorian machinery. It was a steam vat that they used to dip sausages in. The watchman suggested that they look inside the steam vat. When they did, police found that the vat was filled halfway with a putrid-smelling reddish-brown liquid. Police then pulled the drain plug near the bottom on the outside of the vat, and the slimy liquid and small pieces of bone slowly oozed out onto the cellar floor. Inside the cauldron... Did you hear that Whoa. thunder? <laughs> it is ominous in this bitch. Yeah, we're, we're recording this during a thunderstorm in, in Maine on, on an island. Isn't that creepy? Inside the cauldron... Police found a gold ring with LL engraved on the inside. Oh, man. Near the vat, investigators discovered strands of hair, pieces of clothing, and half of a false tooth. He didn't make her into sausages. He boiled her to death. 
He basement vatted her house on Haunted Hill style. He did. I don't At care least for that. That's what the evidence was suggesting. After questioning employees, investigators learned that Lutgart had workers dump the ashes from the smokehouse, which was an unusual request. When police examined the area that the factory workers led them to, they found more bone and pieces of burned corset steel. The steel reinforcement that would hold corsets together and squish women's waistlines down to ridiculously small dimensions. Lutgart was immediately arrested after these discoveries and was tried for Louise's murder. The trial became the media sensation of the year. It drew reporters from thousands of miles away. They all converged on Chicago to cover this story. During the trial, close friends and relatives of the Lutgart family testified that Adolf did in fact physically abuse and cheat on Louise and had been doing that for years. According to Atlas Obscura, a sausage smokehouse helper also testified that Lutgert ordered 378 pounds of potash on March 11th and ordered employees to dump the chemical in the steam vat with water on April 24th. The same worker also stated that on Saturday, May 1st, the day Louise disappeared, Lutgart turned on the steam line to the cauldron and boiled the mixture. That following Sunday and Monday, factory workers unwittingly helped Lutgert clean up the rancid liquid that boiled over from the vat, which was either buried near the factory or burned in the smokehouse furnace. And that looks pretty damning for old Adolf. (gasps) Wait, is this a like straight up house on Haunted Hill style thing where she set this up? Did did Louise toss those things in there to make it look like he had bur- killed her? Is this um, like a Gone Girl situation? Well, here here was his ridiculous defense. <laughs> he claimed that his wife went insane and ran away. The potash was used to make soap to clean the factory, and the bones found in the factory were animal. According to Wikipedia, the prosecution presented bone fragments and the ring inscribed LL, recovered from the vat in the cellar of uh, Lutgert's sausage factory. That was the main evidence uh, that Louise had been killed there. The defense argued that Louise Lutgart had left her house freely on May the 1st, 1897, citing many claims of people around the U.S. who said that they had seen her after the trial began. During the trial, observers thought that Lutgart seemed unconcerned and overly confident that he would be found innocent. The jury was unable to reach a unanimous verdict, resulting in a hung jury. What? This thunderstorm is amazing. The case was retried in January 1898 at the same courthouse. But without a body, it was difficult to confirm that Louise was dead. It was up to the prosecution to prove that the potash mixture could have been used to dispose of Louise's body and that the remains in the vat could have belonged to her. The prosecution was able to do that, prove that the potash mixture could dissolve a human body with a demonstration. They took a real dead guy and put him in a cauldron and filled it up with the potash formula that Lutgert allegedly used. They found that they were able to liquefy the cadaver, producing the same reddish-brown fluid. The potash would have leached the calcium from uh, Louise's bones and liquefied the rest of her body. Mm. An anthropologist named George Dorsey 
He was also curator of the Field Museum and, along with some of his colleagues, analyzed bone fragments recovered from the A.L. Sausage and Packing Company. He testified that the small bone fragments did in fact belong to an adult human female. Now, this was the first time, one of the very first trials anyway in history, that an anthropologist testified as an expert witness. Wow. I swear these are not sound effects. It's really thundering. Interestingly, though, forensic anthropologists today doubt that Dorsey could have determined whether or not these tiny pieces of bone were human, much less that they belonged to an adult female. Though the jury and the reporters at the time thought Dorsey's testimony was convincing, it was the circumstantial evidence that finally swayed them. The marital discord, the presence of Louise's uh, wedding ring in that steaming vat, that's pretty damning. Sure. Lutgert's defense of using 378 pounds of potash to make... <sighs> One, two, three, four, five. <clears throat> All right, we're back. We have to explain what happened. Holy shit. Who? Um, <laughs> I was right in the middle of my story... <laughs> As that you were listening to, mm-hmm. with the storm raging in the background. And we thought it was so cute, right? Yeah. I almost died. Um, I don't know if you almost died, because I don't know what happened. Explain what you saw. Okay, so what I saw was you were saying that uh, Ludwig, or whatever his name was. Lutgert. Um, Lutgert. Um, was explaining that really the, the potash was for something else. Right. And then... You had your hand on the computer, and from about that area, I saw this flash of bright white light in like a ball shape right about the time that the thunder rolled and lightning flashed outside the window. So there was this huge thunder and lightning moment, and then this weird ball of light near my husband. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't have the computer plugged in, I'm operating on battery right, right now, <clears throat> which I'm glad. Um, but our control board and our speakers are all plugged in. And I had my ring finger of my left hand was touching. Right the, hand. Yeah, the right hand. Uh, touching the board, touching the, the control board when that happened. Mm. And I felt an electrical shock and charge yeah. and saw a bright flash uh, and then you know everything shut down and even though the computer wasn't plugged into the wall it was plugged into the sound card and it stopped recording mm. and then we went upstairs and got a beer yeah well, because holy shit i, I felt our, that i thought our house was hit by lightning i did too i mean i screamed and then i asked you are you okay like 19 times and you said nothing well and- i was stunned Maybe uh, we should wait to start recording again. I think it's it's moved off. Okay. I think we're fine. Um, but you almost heard me get fried live. I had goosebumps. My hair was yeah, standing still on standing end. Up. I went outside. I circled the house to make sure that we hadn't been hit. Nothing was on fire. Everything looks okay. Yeah. It smells amazing. It's very it's, ionized. Yeah. Oh, it's so amazing. It's like we got buckets of rain in in about five minutes. Oh, and hail. Yeah, the hail kind of freaked me out. All right. So we're okay. Um, Our equipment survived, which is a real testament to the surge protector. Yeah. The the fact that uh, 
I could feel that coming out of the uh, out of the mixing board, and it did no nuts. damage. Is beyond I don't understand it. Maybe some of you guys who are experts in this field was that ball lightning or <laughs> what the hell was that? I don't know. I help us. I really I would like someone to be able to answer what it was that just happened to us because okay. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> I'm a little nervous to be recording now. To be honest. Okay. Well, we'll I think we're fine. Okay. I think we're fine. Okay. All right. Back to the story. Okay, but I'm just going to yell the whole time because <laughs> I'm super jacked up. The Lutgart marital discord and the presence of Louise's wedding ring in the vat were damning. Right. Um, and Lutgert's defense of using 378 pounds of potash to make soap to clean the factory was ridiculous. Right. Because his mixture would have made 2,000 pounds of soap. Uh, much more than he needed. He would have been able to clean his factory several times over. And it was far more expensive than just buying soap. Right. Lutgert was convicted and sentenced to life in prison on February 9th, 1898. 18 months later, on June 7th, 1899, he was found dead in his cell at the Illinois State Penitentiary. The official cause of his death was, quote, fatty degenerative heart disease, probably due to all the sausages. Probably. <laughs> um, but he maintained his innocence throughout his short incarceration right up till the end. Yeah, a lot so, of... Yeah. A lot of uh people who murder people do the idea that the ring was in there it's one of two things he he killed her or like you said she set him up yeah gone girl his ass and it's interesting that uh the forensic anthropologists from today say that the anthropological work that was done back then was very unlikely that they could have determined that it was a, a human bone let alone female right. but that doesn't mean that it was or was not right and the fact that there were people that said that there, there were several sightings of her around the country uh during before and after all of this took place so uh, probably he did it yeah probably but there is some question there what we do know for a fact is that uh, Mrs. Lutgart was not made into sausages. Well, that's good. That's Although con- that's, that's kind of where I thought it was going to, yeah. <laughs> for sure. That is comforting. There is something comforting about that. I got my information from an article in Atlas Obscura as well as from Wikipedia. Now I really want to watch Gone Girl and The House on Haunted Hill. <laughs> and now, that thing in the middle. In a dark corner of the internet. A mental health therapist shared this story. It seems that one of their schizophrenic clients claimed to be seeing a girl in his room. The patient said that not only would this girl come to his room, but she would talk to him. Now the therapist understandably believed this to be a hallucination as the patient was staying alone in their room. The consulting doctor decided to challenge the delusion by asking the patient to take a picture so they could meet this girl. During the next visit, he brought a picture. They described the photo this way, quote, he was sitting on the couch with his head down, very depressed looking. To our astonishment, there was a strange, creamy, ghost-like image of a girl hovering behind him, shrouding him in white wings or hair, a subtle, shimmering image. Everyone examined the picture and we all thought it looked real, since the patient was very low-functioning and could not have photoshopped it. The doctor, suspecting medication wouldn't be effective in this case, said, I can't help you with this. You may need to consult your clergy. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. 
This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores, and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? (sighs) Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our Aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, and they live about 3,000 miles away, and my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the Aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life... Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout, and you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If this podcast ever calls you on your cell phone, the caller ID will say, scam likely. You should answer anyway. This is The Box of Oddities. 
David Wright, Hey Cat and Jethro, big fan of the Box of Oddities for about a year. I've been dying to write to you about this, but I'm only now just getting around to it. I'm originally from L.A., but I'm writing to you from London, where I've been living for the past two years. Oh, so fancy. Back in March, I was riding the tube. And <laughs> that does sound saucy. That's the subway, I'm thinking. Is yeah. That, that's what they call the subway? Yeah. And I noticed a guy who was wearing a Box of Oddities t-shirt. No! Uh... So, obviously, I struck up a conversation with him. We've been together now for five months. Stop it! Who would have thought I'd travel halfway around the world to find my soul freak? I love that term. Oh, my God. Soul freak. <laughs> I'm weeping. Thanks for bringing us together, David and Kenny. That's... Wow. Can that be real? That is... I want it to be. That's pretty great. I think it's amazing, though, that somebody in England is wearing one of our shirts. That's, to me, the most amazing part of the story. For sure. Mm. Wait, someone listens to the podcast? <laughs> Sometimes it's easy to forget that. It is. Thanks, David. We appreciate that. So much. I just want to see if this button works. What you got for me? What, what you, what, what you, what you got for me? What? What what you got for me? All right. So Everything still seems to so work. So that still works. That's yeah, good. that's good. Yeah. I mean, I know you're delighted to know that. Wait, I better check again. What? <laughs> no, I'm that's kidding. enough. Okay. <sighs> I'm going to try not to scream this whole thing okay. at you. Okay. Right. I am a little jacked up. And as you know, sometimes I have a hard time controlling the volume of my voice <laughs> when I'm excited about something. <laughs> that's okay. We understand. <laughs> we all know where you're coming from. Not long ago, we were laying in bed and I was telling you something and you were like, whoa, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. like, Sweetie, look at my new TikTok video. <laughs> oh, my God. A little over a decade ago, a 19-year-old Italian woman met with doctors at the University of Campania Luigi Vanditali in Italy. She had an unusual complaint, and when examined, doctors discovered she suffered from something called gingival hirsutism. Gingival hirsutism. Does it have something to do with teeth? With the mouth. Gingivitis has made me think of it. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Okay, all right, now go You're getting back to those Latin roots, and I like it. <laughs> A literature review found that only five cases of this particular diagnosis exist, and this was the first woman to report this issue. The experts noted that she had hairs on the secular epithelium of the retroincisor palatal papalia. What does this mean in, in people talk? She had hair growing inside her mouth. No! Gross! Gross. The doctors... Gross. The doctor's findings in the journal Oral Surgery, Oral Medicine, Oral Pathology, and Oral Radiology chronicle the woman's strange and recurrent symptoms. So as I said, she first sought help for her condition in 2009 when eyelash-like hairs kept growing from the gums behind her upper front teeth. Oh, no. She was diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS, and that's a set of symptoms that arises due to elevated male hormones in females. Uh, symptoms of PCOS include irregular or no menstrual periods, heavy periods, excess body and facial hair, acne, pelvic pain, uh, difficulty getting pregnant, patches of thick, dark skin, hirsutism or excess hair is a common consequence of the imbalance, 
but it's usually limited to face, torso, limbs. Yeah, not not your gums. Not the inside of your oh, mouth. My God. <clears throat> In this case, hairs were growing out of place. So while uh, PCOS may not have been the cause, it almost certainly did exacerbate the situation. How would one deal with that? Now, what, what time period was this again? It was 2009. 2009. Okay. Wow. Because you can't use nair. <laughs> no. And, and you can't shave it. No. So you'd have to pluck it with... with like tweezers. Well, in this case, oh. the hairs were removed surgically. So I don't know if they were unable to be plucked, if there was pain involved with plucking. I'm not sure. Uh, but I know that she did not pluck them, that they were removed surgically. What Was, was it a lot of hair? There were several hairs. Several. So the entire inside of her mouth wasn't furry. It wasn't furry on the oh, inside of her okay. mouth. No. All right. So hairy gums. Yep. Gross. Following a course of oral contraceptives to help address her imbalance of hormones, uh, she returned to a uh, mouth hair-free life. Oh, that's great. Yeah, there was no recurring hair growth for several years. But in 2015, the gum hair returned mm. and it had spread to her chin and neck as well. The woman returned to the clinic, having stopped her hormonal medication, the hair had come back in full force. And this time, the medical team didn't just remove the hairs. They took that opportunity to take a small section of tissue from her gums to take a closer look at what was going on. Obviously, like I said, there are only five cases of this happening on record. So they want to learn as much as they can about why it's happening. It didn't happen around the full moon, did it? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't, okay. I don't believe that had anything to do with the moon cycle. <sighs> oh, good. Uh, this comes from sciencealert.com. After about a year, the condition had worsened. No, no. And hairs were emerging from even more sites in her mouth. In between, a uh, gap between her teeth, behind her front teeth, uh, in between her tooth and gums, oh, on the sides. This poor woman. Uh, hair. Uh, hair. I mean, I hate it when I get one of those little popcorn kernels stuck in my gum. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty intense. And it, we were talking about this the other day because I'm a child. I can't often wait to eat foods that are very, very hot. <laughs> yeah. So I will frequently burn the inside of my mouth and, and, and pretty badly. Yeah. Yeah, you were spitting out sheets of skin after our last pizza party. Yeah, um, but that's the thing is I cannot stop tonguing it. Once I have burned my mouth and the skin is flappy. You can't leave it alone. I cannot leave it alone. I'm the same way. I, I think most people are. Yeah? Yeah, I think well, it's, so. I mean, it's unusual and it feels weird and you want to get rid of it. And sometimes you've just got to take your thumb and roll that skin off the roof of your mouth. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta. Okay, now now you've gone too far. You stepped over the line with that one. Well, tonguing and then thumbing—two different things. <laughs> it's hard to say for sure exactly what is causing this, but the researchers suggest that since the tissues inside the mouth are closely related to the tissues that build our skin while we're in embryo, that um, there may have been some confusion during that building process. Wow. Um, so that the cells inside the mouth might have been activated in the way only the cells outside of the mouth should have been activated. <clears throat> 
That is fascinating. So there is another thing that happens kind of like this, uh, where the oil-producing glands that are outside of your mouth are producing oil inside of your mouth. That's a pretty common... Like sweating inside your mouth? It doesn't sweat. It creates like little like whitish yellow bumpy bumps. Like um, whiteheads? Kind of like whiteheads. Wow. But either way, it's... Ooh, can you imagine getting a pimple on your gums? Oh, I don't think I would like that at all. No. What's not noted in what I read, and just for clarification, I got my information from allthatsinteresting.com, health.com, sciencealert.com, and pronouncednames.com. What's not noted in what I read is if the condition is uncomfortable, like outside of just the, ugh, I don't like this uncomfortability, you know, that that we all know we would have, mm-hmm. the, the tonguing. Um, I don't know if it was painful. It doesn't say if, like, if she had tried to pluck them and was not able to, or if it hurt to pluck them. There was, there was no information on how it affected this woman. Do you go to a dentist? Do you go to a, a hairdresser? I have, <laughs> I have wondered the same thing. What do you do? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you were just checking your mouth to see if there was hair uh-uh. in your gums. Yeah, you were. <laughs> That's what you were doing. No, I wasn't. Either way, it's uh, horrifying and annoying. Uh, we also don't know how to permanently cure it. Obviously, they're trying to get her hormones settled with some sort of either contraceptive or mm-hmm. otherwise. But what about electrolysis? Well, that still wouldn't be solving the problem. It would just be. W- wouldn't it? permanently eliminate the hair though well that one hair and i don't know if you Mm. could do that to the inside of your mouth yeah i mean you couldn't wax the inside of your mouth no you couldn't have an oral brazilian wow that conjures all kinds of images (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know i get my eyebrows threaded and you know they do that with string that's very floss like so sure why not uh flossy flossy Anyway, so that's terrible. Yes. As I said, this is the first woman to ever be diagnosed with this. And in the other cases where the boys had this, uh, it was like a hair or two hairs, uh, not the same situation where she had recurring, increasing numbers of hairs inside her mouth. Unbelievable. Mm. And how is she doing now? Do we know? They, again, were trying more hormone balancing mm. treatments. Okay, so we, we don't know how that turned out yet. Wait, no. We're no. just going to have to wait and see. That is just one big fucking nightmare. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I have for you. <laughs> Mouth hair. Okay. Um, so moving right along then. On a brighter note, um, we are putting the pieces in place for the live from the partially furnished basement show. We'll make it available for you. Yeah, we'll let you know. And we're excited about it. It should be a lot of fun. And uh, we're not going to charge anything for it. It's going to be free. You can, you know, you can you can leave a tip if you like. We'll put a tip jar up. But of course. we're not going to require any, any payment for it. We just want to hang out with you guys. We'll let you know all the details as we uh, continue to uh, put the pieces together. It shouldn't be too long. Good news is that both the curator and road manager Amber have signed on to assist. Yes, I spoke with the curator today. He's all in. Welcome to all of our new listeners. We appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us and we look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, 
it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. I can't get Cardi B's WAP out of my head. <laughs> so, uh-huh. feeling a little... Yeah. Okay, focus, yeah. Katrina. <laughs> focus! Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions, and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts.